Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Good morning, Axe Church, and welcome to a brand new day and a brand new week. I pray that this finds you all well. As you can see that we are recording back from DVCC, Dream Village Community Centre here at the Summit Shopping Complex, Subang Jaya. And I'm so glad to be able to be here today uh, to record this message. And I'm so thankful for all the wonderful, committed men and women that we have behind the scenes for making this possible for all of us. Thank you for coming out to serve the Lord uh, and uh, for doing this so that people out there can be blessed this Sunday. Now, um, as we are all preparing, you know, from whichever country uh, we are in or at, uh, we could be in Australia, we could be in uh, Jakarta, uh, we could be in Singapore, Malaysia, of course, or, you know, Chiang Mai, uh, Myanmar or Botswana or even in the UK, London, Bristol, Edinburgh um, and I know also we are starting a church now in South Africa uh, in uh, Pretoria uh, we will be experiencing some sort of easing of the lockdown um, here in Malaysia it's called MCO or CMCO this last uh, two weeks uh, conditional movement uh, control order and in Singapore it's called a circuit breaker and in many other nations, it's known by some sort of a lockdown name. Uh, but uh, in many of our countries, we're already, uh, as I said, uh, experiencing or facing an easing uh, of the restrictions, a lifting maybe even of the restrictions, some sort of um, uh, order that's coming out that's making life more normal, even though it's a new normal. And so the Lord has put into my heart a message of how we should be preparing as we face to go out again back to our workplaces, uh, to our offices, uh, back to our businesses, back to our schools and our colleges and universities. Um, I uh, have received from the Lord that uh, one of the most important uh, ways to prepare for uh, what we are about to face and to prepare to give our best, not to be half-hearted about it, uh, not to go just, you know, uh, uh, halfway uh, in everything that we do, uh, and uh, not to be so overly careful that we don't live. Uh, I have received from the Lord that uh, to prepare, we need to be able to understand and overcome worry, anxiety, and fear. Now, worry, anxiety, and fear might sound like they're the same thing. In fact, sometimes we even use it interchangeably. Uh, we say we are worried when actually we are anxious. We say we are anxious when we are actually fearful. And so uh, the Bible actually has got things to say about worry, anxiety and fear. And the Bible actually shows us that all three of them are different. They might share some uh, commonalities, uh, but they are different. And not only the understanding of these are different, uh, the overcoming of each is also uh, done and approached differently from the Word 
of God. And so this morning, I hope, I've got a lot of material to cover with you, so I hope that I can do it within the hour. So please be patient with me, but I pray and know and believe that it's going to be a blessing to you if your heart is ready to receive. And why it's important is because we need to understand the feelings we're going through, how God sees it, and how we can overcome it. So again, why? So that we can go out, you know, let's prepare to go out without worry, without anxiety, without fear, so that we can give our best. We want to live our best life. And we can't live our best life with worry, anxiety, and fear uh, in uh, dominion or uh, having uh, um, dominion uh, over our thoughts and over our feelings and over our lives. We must defeat it. We must overcome each and every one of these three things I've just mentioned. So let's deal with worry. And then we'll move on to anxiety and to fear. They may be connected. They also may not be connected. But let's deal with worry now. Worry. So let's look at Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, please. Verses 25 to 34. Let's read the Word of God together, shall we? Therefore I say to you, and these are the words of Jesus. Don't forget that. Jesus himself is speaking. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. So remember this, it's about eating, about drinking, about body. What you will put on, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And the answer, of course, yes, life is more than that. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Amen. Our God loves us. He loves the birds of the air. He feeds them. He feeds us. Are you not of more value than they? The question is asked. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God... So close the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. That means everybody also wants it. Everybody also needs it. You know, Christian or not, Christ, not Christian, we, we still have to eat. We still have to drink. We still have to wear. We need shelter over our heads. Uh, we need all these things. And the Bible says, For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. I underline it in my Bible. Your heavenly Father, my heavenly Father knows. He knows. He knows. Even before we ask, He knows all that we need. The Bible says, and Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. All these things that we need shall be added to us. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I underline the word tomorrow. It's important to understand this. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So let's look now at understanding worry. Number one, worry is physical mainly. It's emotional probably, but it's mainly physical. It's personal and physical needs. And that's the second point. It's personal needs. Um, things that we call essential, you know. Uh, the word has been used and overused even. 
uh, throughout the whole MCO and circuit breaker and lockdown, what is essential, what is not essential. And it is the essentials, the eating, the drinking, uh, the clothes we wear, the roof over our heads, you know, the personal daily needs. Uh, it's the bodily needs. It's immediate. It's now. We need it. We can see it. Everybody needs it. So it's based on personal needs about the essentials that we are looking at. Number three, we're not sure if they will be met. And that's where worry kicks in. It's not just personal and physical needs, uh, the, the immediate needs of the body, but it's about uh, this thought that we have in our minds that we are entertaining. Uh, will we have enough? And it's not just about enough today because most of us, you know, now is what? It's already uh, 11 maybe in the morning or whatever the time in the morning it is there uh, that you're having this worship service. But you probably, some of you, most of you had your breakfast. Uh, after this worship service, you know uh, what you're going to have for lunch. And most of you will have no problem with dinner. In fact, all of us would not have problem for today, I would say. I would be confident to say that. We have today enough. It is the tomorrow, guys, that you're not sure of. Uh, maybe you have enough for this week, but it's the next week that you're thinking about. And because the thought of next week that is not sure comes in, that's where worry kicks in. Or maybe you, you have enough for this month. This month, you know for sure your company is going to pay you. You know, your clients are going to pay you. you, you you're quite sure about this month. Maybe you're quite even sure about the next three months. But it is the after that, it is the tomorrow, you know, not necessarily the next day, but it's the next week, it's the next month, it's the next three months. And your mind, instead of thinking about today, today's bread, you're already thinking about tomorrow. So instead of giving thanks for today's bread, you are already concerned because you can't see tomorrow. You don't know whether you have enough. You don't know where you're going to get it if you don't have enough. So Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Worry is about tomorrow. The next point says, you're not sure if you can do anything about it. So that's part of worry, right? So it's not just, will I have enough tomorrow? Uh, you're not even sure whether you know what to do about tomorrow, okay? The next point is, there's really nothing you can do about it just by worrying. That, that we know because Jesus says, no one who worries will add a single cubit uh, to their stature. You can't add any answer to your problem just by worrying. But sometimes we think, you know, worrying is... A privilege. Worrying is uh, our way of looking like uh, you know we are concerned, looking like um, uh, we're doing something about it. But no, you can't do anything about it just by worrying. And Jesus was very clear about that. But that's what we do. We just worry anyway. You know, we just think that worry is an answer. No, worry is not an answer. Okay. But this is the next point. Understanding worry, this is the next point. If we keep worrying and keep allowing worry uh, to have dominion over our thoughts and lives, uh, it might lead to anxiousness. Worry can open the door to anxiety. Be very, very careful about this. Uh, be, be, be very um, uh, concerned about this also. Uh, that uh, if we allow worry to continue to fill our lives, uh, it might lead, it might uh, mature, it might grow, it might develop to something even more serious, which I believe is anxiety. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to that, okay? So let's learn how to overcome worry. Let's learn how to beat it. Let's learn how to, to, to uh, you know, rise above worry. Let's do this. 
Jesus says, number one, do not worry. Now that's very, very easy, right? Do not worry. You know, Jesus said that because he knows that as human beings, we worry. Now listen, he's not scolding you. He's not scolding me. He's not scolding us. There's no rebuke here. There is just loving yet strong advice. It is a word from the Lord telling us very lovingly, don't worry. Don't worry, be happy. You know, uh, the Bible speaks about happy is he who puts his trust in the Lord. So don't worry, be happy, meaning trust in the Lord, okay? But let's see how Jesus uh, advised us to overcome. He, he didn't just leave us with the advice, don't worry. That's so easy. Some people can just come to you and say, don't worry lah, don't worry. But you know, thanks be to God, he left us um, a, a, a good advice uh, that we can use, a good uh, um, uh, uh, truth, that we can apply, that can set us free from worry. And Jesus said very clearly, but seek ye first. <laughs> I'm using old King James now. Seek ye first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Added means plus. God will bring the plus into your minus. Amen. God will bring the plus into your negative, the positive into your negative. God will add to you all these things that you need. This is a promise from the Lord, but it comes with a condition. It comes with the condition of, but seek ye first. Seek first. First the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, for those of you who are with me in December 2019, where for the whole month I spoke to you about the kingdom of God and what it is, I summarize by saying that the kingdom of God is really the way of God. When you come into a kingdom, you learn of its ways. Coming to Malaysia, if Malaysia was a kingdom, Malaysia has its ways. If you go to Brunei, Brunei is a kingdom, you know, it has, it has its ways. You know, God's kingdom also has God's kingdom ways. So when you're learning of the kingdom, when you're preaching the kingdom, you're preaching his way. God's way is higher than our way. Amen. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. So when you're preaching the kingdom, you're preaching the way. When you're learning the kingdom, you're learning the way. When you're walking in the kingdom, you're walking in his ways. It is God's ways. Amen. God's ways are higher. Hallelujah. So seek first his ways and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And you remember, uh, if you were here in December with me, that I matched two scriptures side by side. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. You see, the way comes first, then the truth and then the life. If you don't know the way, if you don't live in the way, you won't know the truth. The truth will not be able to set you free because you don't know it, you're not walking in it. So first is way, then it's truth, and then comes life. The other one is seek first the kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So do you see it? Kingdom, Jesus is the way. Seek first the kingdom, Jesus is the way. Kingdom, way. Okay, Jesus is the truth. And seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, righteousness and truth. And all these things shall be added unto you equals life. Because all that is added to us is so that we can live. So Jesus is the way, kingdom. Jesus is the truth, 
righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus is the life. So when we choose Jesus' way, when we live in His truth that sets us free, we will experience life. And what did Jesus tell us? What did He promise us? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. Life overflowing, life to the full. Are you living the full life even though you are going through the MCO or circuit breaker or lockdown? Can you? Can you really? Yes, with Jesus, all things are possible. The Bible says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Remember that. See, I have a slide for you here that says, being alive and living can be two very different things. Do you understand this? It means that staying home and staying alive and just breathing, good. Fantastic. That's a good advice, you know, when the COVID-19 virus was going around and, you know, um, the infections were, were on the high and hospitals were overwhelmed and people were dying. I think it was a good move. I think it was a good, uh, uh, um, wise uh, decision by the government and by the governments of the world. Yes, we stayed alive. Yes, we stayed home, we stayed alive and we are still living, we are still breathing. But breathing is not really the same as living because you can breathe and not really live. Are you with me now? You can breathe and not really be living life to the full, guys. So breathing and staying home and staying alive is not just life itself. That is not the goal of life. That is not the end all of life. You might be alive, friends, but you're just taking up oxygen. You know that you're not really living to the full. You know it. You know it. I don't even have to preach it. I don't have to convince you. You know it. So we can be staying home, staying alive, but not really living. So listen, Jesus did not just ask you to stay home and stay alive. While that was good advice, but I think it's time to get up, stand up, and to begin to move out and begin to do things and begin to live, you know. Yes, please exercise precaution. Yes, please be careful. Please be responsible. Please have physical distancing and all that, which is wise, which has kept you alive. But while you're alive, please also live. Please also live. While you're breathing, please also make sure that your breath has a purpose. Your breath has a purpose. Hallelujah. Being alive and living can be two very different things. Let's talk now about anxiety. Anxiety. Very different from worry, although it sounds like it's the same thing. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2 to 7 now. Philippians 4, 2 to 7. I implore Iodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me. I underline, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. And then Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I want to give you a scenario, just a little background so that we understand uh, what anxiety is when we get into it in a while. Uh, Paul is speaking about helping each other, help these women. Uh, Paul is speaking about names, Iodia, Sintiki, Clement, other workers, you know. It's like, it takes two hands to clap. It's like, Lend each other help. Lend each other a hand. It's like we need each other. It's like dependency. And then he says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And then he adds one very important part to his writing. He said, the Lord is at hand. 
Meaning to say that even if you don't receive a helping hand from any other, although we do need each other, remember that God is at hand. He is the ultimate hand that we need. Amen. He is the ultimate hand that will lift us up, that will make all things possible that seem impossible. He is that hand. But we're talking about, and I believe that in Paul's mind, it was, you know, dependency and, and, and reliance and helping each other and giving each other a hand. But remember, remember, remember with all your mind that God's hand is the most important. He is at hand. Therefore, we can rejoice. And then it says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's look at understanding anxiety now. Number one, it is emotional and mental. You know, for worry is body, bodily needs, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. So when we don't have that or when that is threatened, we worry. It's physical, it's personal, it's today and, uh, and we need it and it's for our body and when we don't have it or when we think we won't have it tomorrow, that's when we worry. But anxiety is different. Anxiety could be connected to worry. You could be worried about your personal needs uh, but it has, it has got to do with uh, uh, the, the emotional part of that, the, 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 the mental, intellectual part of that. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be connected with worry. For example, you know, you might have enough for the month. You know that your boss is going to pay you. He promised to pay you for three months. Your company is doing well. You know, maybe it's pharmaceutical company. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some kind of company that was prospering, uh, some kind of business that was doing well even through the lockdown. All right. And you are in a good place. Uh, but it doesn't mean that, that just because you're not worried that you are not anxious. I tell you why. What, what's the difference? Uh, some of you, you know, uh, could be having a business that is doing so well, you know you could, you know, survive or pay your staff for the next two years. I heard uh, recently an interview by a, a hotel chain owner that says, we have enough money for the next 18 months. Even if we had no business for the next 18 months, we could still afford to keep and stay alive. Fantastic means for 18 months, they have no worry. But that doesn't mean that they are not anxious. Why? What's the difference? The difference is that anxiety now depends on other people. It doesn't just depend on your strength and what you have in your bank account. It, is, it depends on what other people are doing or thinking or how they are living uh, responsibly or irresponsibly. So you can have everything and yet not want to get out of your house to the supermarket to buy stuff. Why? Because you think that in the house and in my surrounding, I am in control. But when I go out to the supermarket, maybe other people... Again, see, dependency, reliance. Maybe other people are not responsible. Maybe other people don't want to wear mask, uh, face mask. Maybe other people don't want to wash their hands. Maybe other people have COVID-19 and asymptomatic and all that kind of stuff and, you know, they're not taking care, you know. So you're thinking, my life is dependent on people. And that's where even though you're not worried because you have everything in order in your life, you are anxious because the end result does not just depend on you, it depends on others, you see. It depends on others. You're anxious, you're nervous, you're going for an interview. You know in your heart that you are good for this job. Man, you have all the experience and the expertise. But it doesn't just depend on you, right? You know that if it just depended on you, you will have the job. 
But because it's the interviewer that interviews you that will have to take what you say either to make a decision or to take it up to a higher level and it's other people. You are now dependent and that's why you're anxious. You're not in control. You know, I've been flying for many years and only, you know, for so many months now and for the months to come, I may not be uh, uh, privileged to fly to our churches uh, overseas. But me and my wife, we have flown many times. And, uh, you know, I'm not wor really worried about me. I'm, I, I, I believe that, you know, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, uh, it'll be okay. Planes uh, are well designed. Uh, they're designed to fly. And even if things happen, planes are designed to be able to overcome uh, quite many uh, weather problems, etc. You know, but uh, my life uh, in that plane is not just dependent on, on myself. It's also dependent on the pilot that's flying. And once, once I'm, I'm thinking that my life is in the pilot's hands, I might not be worried as per like, you know, yeah, uh, I'm going to get three meals in this flight. You know, it's going to take 14 hours. Uh, I'm not worried about my bodily needs, but now I'm anxious because, you know, every time I go through heavy turbulence, I'm thinking, is the pilot, you know, uh, uh, really going to be able to get us through? Uh, I'm thinking about someone else. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, how others would do their part to make my life safe. So it's also dependent on personal needs, but the personal needs is in itself dependent on others to do their part. And I can go on and on. Uh, you know, uh, we're not in control, I said. That's the third point. Uh, you need others. For example, I was just recently talking to a business owner and he said to me, Pastor, actually, we're doing very well as a company. Uh, before uh, MCO, uh, we did many contracts uh, and we got many clients and the clients uh, are owing us a lot of money. And so in a sense, they are a rich company, right? Because before MCO, they did so well. But because the money is now stuck in the client's hands. So even though they are not worried in the sense that they, you know, they, should, they should have enough to go on for six months, one year, but they are now anxious because... It depends on whether their clients will pay. So, not being worried but being anxious, you see. Because, again, it's depending on others. Will my client pay up? And in this MCO circuit breaker lockdown, maybe your clients are going through the same thing you are going through. Maybe they're going through worse things. And so, will they pay up? When will they pay up? Uh, and uh, it, it, it's just so dependent on them that you get very anxious. Um, and you're not sure how to respond, how to react. Because if you know that they are going through tough times, uh, do you ask them now? Do you demand them now? Do you force them to pay? Uh, and you know they won't because if they didn't have enough, they won't. And so you don't know. This, this is another point about anxiousness and, or anxiety. You don't, you're not sure how to respond, how to react. But yet you're anxious to do something. You know you need to do something. And so the, the anxiety, you know, what should I do? What should I do? You know, should I, should I make a call? Should I uh, uh, use my connection now? Uh, should I, as I'm going for this interview, you know, should I call in to the chairman first? Should I ask, you know, uh, the, the, the directors to review who is interviewing me? Should I, you know, call the lawyer? You know, should I make connection with the judge? You're, you're so anx anxiousness causes you to want to do something. And yet, you are not sure about the action. You're not sure whether it's the right action and you're not even sure about whether it's the right time. 
Should you do this? Should you do that? Should you do it now? Should you do it tomorrow? There's an anxiety. Anxiousness is a bit different from worry. Worry can be, you know, silently uh, troubled. Whereas anxiousness is not silent. It's a a stirring. Ah, It's a nervousness. It's a shaking. It's a, I I wonder what else I can do. And this 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 is problematic because you and I can go by our own strength. And that's where the problem is. It becomes like an like a Abraham uh, 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 and Ishmael situation. Uh, and I'm sure there was anxiety even in Abraham. There was anxiety in Sarah. They had a promise from God, but the promise was slow to come. And so it was not worry so much. It was anxiousness that made them go ahead and do something in their own strength. And that's where we get into problems. That's what anxiety, that's why anxiety can be even more uh, dangerous than worry. And it's its, it's, it's own animal, all right? Uh, you are anxious to do something, but you're not sure when, how, what. Uh, and uh, if you don't deal with this correctly, if you don't overcome anxiety in your life, it may lead to fear. Anxiety, if not dealt with, can open the door to fear. So let's look very quickly now at how to overcome anxiety. Are you ready? How to overcome anxiety. Number one, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Means, don't be anxious. It's almost as simple as, do not worry, you know. And thanks be to God that His Word didn't just leave us hanging dry with, don't be anxious. Because anyone can say that, right? Don't be anxious, lah. Don't worry, lah, you know. Uh, The Bible says, do not be anxious because that's the first step. You need to know that we can afford not to be anxious, Did you hear that? We can actually afford not to worry and we can afford not to be anxious. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. So that's what the Bible is trying to encourage us. Don't worry. Do not be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But thanks be to God, as I said, it just didn't leave us there and, 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 you know, gone home. Uh, But uh, the Bible gives us the key to unlock this door. Here we go. But in everything, come on, The first one in worry is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This one says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What's the difference between prayer and supplication? Supplication is also prayer, but it's it's prayer in a posture. A posture of, you know, uh, humbling yourself. A posture of maybe kneeling, lifting up your hands. It's a bending, bowing kind of prayer. It speaks about not just humility, but it speaks about dependency. God wants us from the very onset to keep our eyes on who is it that we are really depending on? Who is it that we are really relying on? So in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now friends, every one of these points can be a message just by itself. You know that. Thanksgiving can be a 45-minute message, and even that is not enough. But the Bible says with thanksgiving. Why? Again, it's about focus. God knows that when we are anxious, it's because we are focusing on the problem. We are focusing on the trouble. We are focusing on COVID-19. We are focusing on tomorrow. We are focusing on the lack instead of the God who has the plenty. We are focusing on the zero instead of the hero. Hallelujah. And so, when you begin to thank God, when you begin to praise God, your focus begins to be shifted dramatically from the problem to the provider. 
from the zero to the hero, from the nothing to the someone, hallelujah, with thanksgiving, you must do that because it's all about focus. When you can shift your focus, half the battle is won. You, you would have won half the battle over anxiety if you can just shift your focus. How do you do that? In everything by prayer and supplication, posture, and then come into praise, thanksgiving. Thank the Lord. You know, sometimes in a situation like a lockdown and uh, there's lag and maybe some of you have, uh, you know, had a pay cut and maybe some of your jobs are in threat uh, or under threat uh, to be also cut and, uh, you know, the bills are not really going down. It's, it could be piling up and uh, you're worried about tomorrow and all these things, right? It's hard to find anything to thank God for. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? But thanksgiving really is an it's a, it's a attitude, man. It's a, it's a spirit. And if we think about it, there's actually many things that we can thank God for. I thank God even for the fact that I can wake up in the morning and my eyes are open and I get out of bed and I can walk, you know. Some of these unfortunate stroke victims, they, they can't do the simplest things. And, and, and my father was a stroke victim. And I know he couldn't even put his button. He, he couldn't clean and wash himself. Uh, uh, he couldn't even bring the spoon up to feed himself, you know. And, 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 and this just happened overnight. One day he was okay and the next day he couldn't do the simplest things. And when I saw that, I began to give thanks first of all to God that I could do the simplest things every single day. I go to the toilet and I, I know I'm, I'm going to sound a little bit gross, but when I, when, when I go and, 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 and you know... Uh, uh, um, do what I need to do. Man, it comes out and I say, God, thank you that the plumbing works. The plumbing works today. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when I turn on the tap and I wash my face and I brush my teeth, I say, thank you, Lord, that there's water coming out of the tap and the shower and I turn on the light and there's light. Hallelujah. And when I turn on my computer, there is this and there is that and there's Wi-Fi and I've got a lot to thank God for. I look into my cupboard and there's so many clothes that I don't even know which one to choose for the day. With thanksgiving, get your focus right. I said, get your focus right. And not only that, but let your requests, now that you have got your focus right, now let your requests be made known to God. I love this, man. I love this. You know why re requests? You know why the word requests? Because when it involves somebody else, it's no longer just about yourself. It's no longer just asking God, God, can you just feed me? It's, it's, it's not a right, it's not a demand. It's not a right, it's a request, you know? And uh, some of you have been to karaoke sessions before, and what do they call it? They call it a song demand? No, it's not a song demand, it's a song request. Because it's not just you singing and you choosing your songs, it's a group of you. And so, you know, everybody gets a chance. And so you're requesting, and you're requesting because it involves somebody else. And so you can't be demanding, you can't, you know, like, for example, uh, you're, you're anxious uh, to go back to the office because you know you can keep yourself well and safe and healthy, but because it involves other staff, other colleagues, and now because it involves other people, you are anxious. You're not just worried, you're anxious because you're not in control of what they do, you know. Maybe you say, oh, I'm going to be safe, I'm going to wear PPE personal protection equipment every day. You're not a doctor, you're, you're an accountant, but you wear PPE, you know, because you say, oh, I can take care of myself. But you're not sure whether other people will wear PPE. 
And you can't demand that they wear PPE because it's expensive. All you can do is request. But even though you try to tell your friends, ah, please, everybody, wear PPE, you know, uh, <laughs> in school, in, in your class, you know, I want to, you to make sure that you are uh, washing your hand with hand sanitizer every two seconds, you know. Uh, uh, don't just use hand sanitizer for your hand. Use it for your whole body, you know. You want to make sure that you're so clean and there's not a single germ in you and on you. You can do that for yourself, but you can't demand that other people will do it. So it's a form of request because anxiety is based on your reliance of what other people do. But you see, the thing is, the request is not made to other people. Listen very carefully. The request is made to God. And I, I want to tell you, I've got good news for you. God takes requests. Hallelujah. You think he just only supplies your need? He also takes your request. What is your request? God, I want to go to work. I want to go back to my office. I, I'm only afraid that, uh, you know, the other people are not as responsible as me. I'm only afraid that when they use the toilet, they don't clean up after them, etc., etc., etc. And then so you just say, God, I can't go out into the world demanding that everybody plays by my rules, demanding that everybody lives by my standards. I, I can't do that. Uh, it's like being alive but not living. I can't go around, you know, uh, being scared to touch this, being scared to touch that, being scared, you know, to, to just, just do the right things at the right time. I can't live like that. I can't live in anxiety. But I have one request, Lord. I have one request. Two requests, maybe. Three. Let your request be made known to God. And then, here's the promise. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding doesn't matter what the understanding is out there. The understanding with the scientists, the doctors, the government, you know, uh, uh, the, the bosses, uh, the police. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what even you think. Because this peace that God promises to give you when you do what you need to do, which is what? In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And then what? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. It's one of those things you can't understand. But the peace of God will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And I've got news for you. And I hope that many of you remember what I've said to you many times. The heart of the problem is usually the problem of the heart. The heart of the problem, not wanting to go back to work, not wanting to go back to school, not wanting to go back to church. The heart of the problem usually, when push comes to shove, the bottom line, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. But God says He will give you peace that will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want to talk about, about, about this a little bit more. You see, the peace of God is like a guard. And some of you live in guarded areas, guarded apartments, guarded condominiums, guarded areas, right? Um... And people will tell you, it all begins and ends with the guard. If the guard is good, the whole area will be good. If the guard is bad, you know, the area is not safe. Because all you need is a bad guard, a lazy guard, a greedy guard, and the people will just come. You know, you can even have 10 guards, doesn't matter. You know, if the guards can be paid off, and they let evil men and women come in, you have an unsafe place. But if the guard is really, you know, he takes his job, her job, really, really seriously, really well, a guard, a good guard will always make sure that the bad ones, the evil ones are not allowed to come in. The good ones are allowed to go out and come in. And so 
the peace of God being the best guard that we can ever have for our hearts and minds, they will not allow anything evil, anything bad, anything fearful, anything faithless, anything that's opposite from God's word and God's will, they will stand guard. The peace of God will stand guard at your heart, at your mind. And when they see fear, they say, no, you're not allowed in. When they see faithlessness, they will say, no, you're not allowed in. And when, when they see evil, they say, no, uh, you know, you're not allowed in. When they see all kinds of things that are opposite to God's will, they say, not allowed in. Only the Word of God, when the Word of God comes, when faith comes, when love comes, when hope comes, when the future comes, when all the blessings of God and the promises of the Word of God comes, they say, please come in, please come in, and the Word of God comes in, into your heart, into your mind, and it begins to renew your mind. And the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. What's the perfect will of God for your life? To go back to work, to go back to church, you will know it only when your mind is renewed. Friends, renewed. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I, I told you earlier, anxiety is about emotions, it's about mind, the mental state, you know. Whereas worry is about the body. So if you look at it, you know, the three part of men, how God created us as a three part being. We are body, we are soul, we are spirit. You know, so worry is about the body. Do not worry about your body, right? Anxiety is about the soul, the soulish area, our emotions, what we feel. Oh, hallelujah. I've got more to say about this, but I'll carry on because, you know, time is really ticking. All right? Listen, the peace of God will not only guard your hearts and minds, it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a beautiful way to end that part. Because this peace doesn't come through the people that you're depending on. Just because your staff or your colleagues start wearing PPE and start spraying disinfectant everywhere and every time they go to the toilet, they spray 10 times and they have to prove to you, they even show video that they are, you know, the, your peace doesn't come from them. It comes through Christ Jesus. It's only Christ Jesus that can give you this peace. It doesn't come just because the pilot comes out of the cockpit and shows you how many flying hours he has. <laughs> that he's flown in the war before and he's flown the plane upside down and he's never crashed it. You know, you know your peace doesn't come from the pilot or his credentials. Your peace doesn't come from your client who has a little bit of money and is thinking, uh, who should he pay first? And then he says to you, oh, you know, uh, I think I'll pay you first because uh, you have the most needs. And then suddenly you can sleep in peace. No, your peace doesn't come from your well-meaning client. Your peace comes from Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior and our Provider. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at the scripture very quickly. Search me, O God. Psalms 139. Verse 23 and 24. The psalmist prays this very heartfelt prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart. You see, again, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And the Bible also says the heart is deceiving. And many of us don't even know what's going on. We don't even know what is driving us to make decisions today. 
what is driving us not to go to church? What is driving us not to go back to work? What is driving us to do this or not to do that? What is really, the heart is deceiving. We know we might say with our mouth, no, we're not scared. No, 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 we're not scared. We're just being careful. We're just being wise. Yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. But if you search your heart deeply, and sometimes we can't search our heart. So the psalmist says, God, you search my heart. And then he says, try me and know my anxieties. You see, try means test me. And sometimes the Lord might use COVID-19 to test us. He might use MCO, uh, uh, the, the circuit breaker, lockdowns to test us. He might use pay cuts to test us, all kinds of testing. But the psalmist says, try me, test me. Only when you are tested will you see your real anxiety. And what is anxiety again? Is dependency. You will see through the testing, through the fire, what your anxieties are, if there are any. And your anxieties will show you what your eyes are on and who and what you have been depending on. And if you have really been depending on the Lord, if you have really been relying only on God, then the fire will test that and see that it's not anxiety, but it's faith and trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He, God our Almighty, will direct our path. Every step of the way, God will direct us. The psalmist also says, and see if there is any wicked way in me. I underline the word wicked because... When I think about wicked, I think about righteousness being the opposite. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is faith, is belief. You know, Abraham believed, the Bible said. Abraham believed. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. So belief and righteousness is hand in hand. So if wickedness is the opposite of righteousness, then it has to be unbelief that is the problem. See if there's any unbelief in me, which is causing the anxiety and even the fear. Okay, it looks like we are running out of time, people. I thought I could finish this message on worry, anxiety, and fear, but it looks like I can only do the two, the first two, worry and anxiety. I hope that you've been blessed, uh, and I hope that you will tune in again the next time uh, this is on. Uh, so uh, the Lord bless you. Let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your answers from the Word of God telling us clearly what worry is and what anxiety is and not only telling us what they are but how to overcome each of them thank you god for your word that tells us to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us telling us but in everything by prayer and supplication uh, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through christ jesus thank you lord do this for your people watching do this and more. Do a deeper work in our lives. Help us not to go out there this week with worry. Help us not to go out there this week with anxiety. Help us be more than overcomers through Jesus who loves us. Thank you, God. Lord, for those of them who are worried and have no Jesus in their hearts, for those who, of them who are watching this and who are anxious but do not know the love of God, Father, I pray, oh Lord, that in just a moment as they are led in an invitation to receive Christ. I pray that they will know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That they will open their, up their hearts to the Lord. Oh, Father, I pray that many who are watching this will find their salvation and their healing and their uh, courage and their victory in the Lord Jesus Christ as many others in this church 
including myself, have also found the same. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, again for your word that has gone forth and your word that has gone forth, O Lord, will take root and bear fruit in every hearer. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, the Lord bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in on this uh, first uh, part of this message. I pray that you will have time to tune in for our next installment uh, on uh, fear. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God gave me this message. I was so blessed to receive it from Him and I know that you will be blessed to receive it as well. So I'll see you the next time we're on again. God bless you. Have a great week. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.